It's the official tapes, the unofficial Grateful Dead radio program for the official releases. It's a, a radio program that airs on a whole bunch of radio stations around the globe. Every so often we get in an interview. The year 2020 has been a crazy one. And to add to the craziness, how about the holiday seasons? The holidays, 2020, well, we've got a perfect stocking stuffer for you. Hi, this is Michael Falzerano, and I got a new CD out called A Kaleidoscope Christmas. Tis the season. It's sort of a Americana, country rock, blues, jam band thing, because that's the world that I live in, and that's the music that I play. So with this CD, sound-wise, sonically, that's what it sounds like, but the theme of all the songs, the 12 songs that are on here, are Christmas. Uh, Psychedelic Cowboy Christmas came about because I was on the road with the New Riders. We were in Northern California on a New Riders tour, and we were out to breakfast one morning. It was with me, David Nelson, my guitar tech at the time, DeLacy Alt, and I think Ronnie and Johnny might have been there. I don't remember. But, you know, we are out to breakfast, and we were talking about, you know, where we were headed, what we were going to do next. We had already put out two studio albums, we did a, a DVD, so what we were going to do next, and I said, you know, we could think about doing a Christmas album. We don't have to do the traditional songs. We can do our own thing. We can write all the tunes. I've got a bunch already written. We can, you know, and they were very open to it, Buddy especially. So that was how the conversation went. And then DeLacy Alt, my guitar tech, said, that's a great idea. You should call the album A Psychedelic Cowboy Christmas. <laughs> and I said... I go, well, that would be a really great title for a new writer's album. But I'm going to put that in the back of my head. And I came up with this concept for the Kaleidoscope Christmas or Christmas Kaleidoscope, which, as it turns out, there's a thousand albums called a Christmas Kaleidoscope. <laughs> you know, but only one called the Kaleidoscope Christmas. Mine. Most of these ideas are pretty organic. They just kind of happen. It's not like something I labor over or think about too much. You know? My old buddies from Hot Tuna, Yorma Kalkin, Jack Cassidy, and Pete Sears, they're at the top of my, you know, the greatest ever list. I just called them up and said, hey, you know, Jack, I'm doing this project. I need uh, a bass player on a couple of tunes. I'd really love to have you on a few tunes. You know, and I didn't want to burden them with anything. So I said, you know, you can play one or two. You, can, you know, I have five tunes that need bass, but, you know, I don't want to burden you with that. I said, no, 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 I'll play all five. <laughs> Then you got Jeff Matson, Jason Crosby, both from the Zen Tricksters, uh, Jeff Matson from Dark Star Orchestra, Kerry Carney from the Kerry Carney Band. He's, he's a great blues guy, great slide player. Tom Sacosta and Cliff Black, Dave Diamond from the Zen Tricksters. Claire Maloney uh, from my other band, The English Town Project. Nate DeBrine, he's just a solo guy. Professor Louie and Miss Marie from Professor Louie and the Chromatics. Rob Wilson from The English Town Project. Uh, Wayne Schaller, he's got a band called Rainbow Full of Sound, and Scott Guberman, you know, people from the West Coast know that uh, Scott plays with Phil often, among other people. Uh, I think he's in the family band, or he's in one of those Phil bands, I don't know which one. Phil and Friends, maybe, you know. I know he's on Phil and Friends and some other stuff. You know. But yeah, and it was great, they all came together. Whenever I do a project, I call up what I call my extended family. 
there was no never any question uh, or like you know like I'm talking with some musicians like how much am I getting paid when are we how where are we going this is like you know yeah sure what do you want to do when do you want to do it where do you want to do it <laughs> you know and that's always great that's how this one came about you know I actually started re recording this record in 2019 at the end of 2019 for the Christmas of 2019 but got jammed up and started recording it too late in the game and then had to put it on the back burner when the holiday season comes in. I was selling my New York apartment, and so I put it on the back burner, planning to get going, finish it up right after the new year. Then COVID hit, and then everything went haywire. So most of the album was recorded live in the studio, meaning that I was there in the studio with Tom Sacosta, Cliff Black, and Dave Diamond, the core of the rhythm section, which I like to do in all my records, is have as many people in the band playing live in the room at the same time. Uh, so you get, so instead of getting a sterile sounding re studio recording, it's more of a live feel because everybody's playing off of each other. And that's how it went down. But there was no like, oh, this song is so this or that. And I can't find a groove. It, everything just worked out perfectly well, you know. And then some of the guys came in and overdubbed. And then later on, because, you know, we couldn't go to a studio anywhere, I had people, I worked remotely, people worked from home like Yorma and Jack and Pete Sears have home studios. They did. I sent them the tracks, they played their parts, they sent me back their parts, I put them in the track. And because they're playing over a live track, it has that organic live feel to it. The whole thing was so organic, it's just, it's embarrassing to say how easy it was. I mean, I had 11 songs ready to go, right? There's 12 songs on the album, but I had 11 of them ready to go, and one I, one I wrote later on. But with the 11 songs, me, Tommy, Sakasta, Cliff Black, and Dave Diamond got together one afternoon, and I ran the songs down, not a lot, just one or two times each, and they got, okay, cool, 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 got it, got it, got it, got it, let's move on. And then, you know, a week later, we went in the studio, or maybe a few days later, went in the studio and cut the tracks. Nobody was like, a Christmas album, are you crazy? No, everybody was down with it. And look, all these guys know me, and they know what I do so they knew that it was not going to be me singing Silent Night you know uh, you know although we did try uh, Silent Night for the Yorma record we had Yorma sing it it was hilarious it was it was pretty demonic so we did we, we went in another direction a while back uh, Yorma and I uh, did a Christmas album called Yorma Kalkin and Christmas. And I wrote several songs for that record. And then he and I wrote the rest of the songs. And then me, his wife, and he wrote a, a song called The Christmas Rule. It was very successful. Uh, people loved it. And people still love it. It's now out of print because it was on a, a record label called American Heritage, which was a subsidiary of Relics Records. And then Relics got out of the CD business and it fell into, you know, wherever, wherever CDs go when they go out of print. I don't know where they go. <laughs> a Psychedelic Cowboy Christmas, I think, would have been a great title for a new writer's album. But for me, I'm not so, sort of totally sort of cowboy country rock kind of stuff. I, I like that and I play a lot of it and I've been playing it since I was a kid. But I also have a blues influence. I also have, you know, this Americana, rootsy 
swamp thing I got going, you know. So I thought that, you know, a psychedelic cowboy Christmas would have been too confining for this type of album. Well, that would be a really great title for a new writer's album. Um, but I'm going to put that in the back of my head and because I, I could already see that I, I could picture it in my, my head writing the song. And I really love it. I think it's one of the coolest things on the record. It's a psychedelic cowboy Christmas Out here on the trail Colors are exploding I played it for the guys, and they said, okay, got it, and we went in and we played it, just like you hear it. it it's it's not like, oh, we labored over that, although it's a big number, it's almost, uh, I think it's nine minutes long, with this big long jam at the end, but it is, it just came, came to me, and we got it down, and there's, you know, I think it was the, we only did it, played it, we rehearsed it, and played it, <laughs> and that's what you hear. So it sounds pretty good, and then, you know, Kerry Carney came in and played slide guitar, and and Scott Guberman played Hammond organ, and uh, Jason Crosby played piano, and Jeff Matchin played the lead guitar stuff on it. So it, it turned into this, you know, this um, giant piece. It's a psychedelic cowboy Christmas Full of wonderment and light It's a psychedelic cowboy Christmas Out here on the trail It's a psychedelic My wife said, you should write a 420 Christmas song. And I thought, I, you know, I wouldn't even know where to begin. And for some reason, the whole story about 420, 1224, that's exactly what I said. I mean, like it's Christmas Eve and I smoke more weed than I should have. And she said, yeah. Well, it's Christmas Eve and I smoke more weed than I should have. It's got that old school Chuck Berry rock and roll feel to it. Tell the little story, and it's a cute little song. People love it. Um, I, I think it's funny. I wrote all twelve songs and rearranged one song, a traditional song, Jingle Bells, which I call the Jingle Bells Jingle Jam. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. And what I did with that one is I took Jingle Bells, turned it into this sort of rock thing, and then added two sections to jam over with a different chord structure. And I had Jason Crosby and then Jeff Matson come in and play guitar. Jason played Hammond organ on the tune, and it just rocks, you know. But for the most part, if you didn't hear the, the chorus to Jingle Bells, you wouldn't know it's Jingle Bells.
the Bethlehem Requiem for Diana was based on the dream I had about Jack's late wife, Diana. And, I, and that music was just playing in the background in this dream. I wrote, you know, I, I got up, I wrote down the music that I had heard in my head, and that's how that one came about. So that's kind of a cool thing, you know, and, and to have Jack, Yoma, and Pete play on it was you know, really great. Just the other day, I thought I'd take a ride with my darling bride, sitting right by my side. An interesting song on the record for me is The Tree Nobody Wanted because it's a, it's a cute little story. I had the whole album was recorded. All 11 songs for the album were good to go. Everything was good to go. And I already started overdubbing on the, on the 11 songs and working on them and closing in on the end of them. And then I was driving home. Uh, actually, my wife was driving uh, from my New Jersey house to my New York apartment. And I dozed off for a while. And when I woke up, that um, the whole, the first, the chorus of Tree Nobody Wanted was in my head. And I thought, what is that? You know, what am I thinking about here? And then as we were driving, I was just sitting there quietly, you know, mulling it around and, and putting the story together in my head. And so I went upstairs, right? I, I went upstairs, jotted it down, picked up the guitar, came up with the chord changes, thought about the melody, got the melody going got the structure going, and then called up the boys and said, hey, we're going to the studio tomorrow. We've got to record one more song. That's what we did. And, you know, I got to say, across the board, many people really love that song. It's probably got the most response because it's so Hallmark card. <laughs> you know, it tells, it tells that kind of Christmas story. You know what I mean? Every year Christmas time Mom and Dad would take me and my brother So I just decided on this one because it's a Christmas album that I would donate some of the profit from this as a donation to Toys for Tots. It's just one of my pet charities. I just always thought it was a really cool idea, you know, some underprivileged kid getting some toys at, to open up on Christmas morning. Two things happened with COVID that I find really interesting for me is number one, because I'm not going anywhere. I'm not spending any money. <laughs> yeah. So... So, you know, it, it, for it's easy for me to, to do that, you know, I, I knock on wood, I'm, I'm you know, uh, comfortable, you know. Uh, um, so, so yeah, that's, uh, you know, nothing more than that. I've been just given toys. Like, a lot of times I would go to the store and I'd buy several hundred dollars worth of toys and then donate it, bring it to the Marines or donate it to the places that they collect them at. So, yeah, that, there's nothing more to that than that. The tree. According to the reviews I've been getting and to the people I've been speaking to who purchased the album or who uh, have reviewed the album, they all say it's a, a very fun, and I feel the same way, it's a very fun, joyous record to listen to. 
Um, you're not going to listen to it all year long. Some people say they will, you know, because some of the tunes are just that way, you know. It's an interesting project for me to have done. It's, I'm glad that I started it. I'm glad that I got it. I'm almost glad it didn't come out in 2019 because it, it makes it, number one, it gave me something to focus on during this time when I have nothing, no gigs coming in and no nothing else gives me something to focus on. And I think it's giving people some joy to sound a little corny to hear it because it's so dire out there that you put this on, it's a fun listen. It's, there's nothing heavy here. You know, it's like, it's fun. <laughs> yeah.